a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. What should the government be able to do? Should the government be able to spy on you, target you? Or should they be watching what you're doing on social media? What's the right balance there? What's With the, the right, three things uh, you need to know this hour, I'm Britt Johnson. There and then make First sure we stay there. We know these things tend to slip and slide a lot once a uh, new uh, access to power is granted. It rarely stays where it is. Very pleased to have joining us on the program today, Representative Chris Stewart. And uh, uh, Representative Stewart, I know you've been working on something specifically as it relates to Washington being able to spy on citizens. Tell us about it. Yeah, you know, Boyd, I got to back up a little bit in time just to set the table here because I think it's so important that, that we all understand this. Over the last few generations, we have given incredible power to agencies within what we call the IC, the intelligence community, agencies like the CIA, the National Security Agency, uh, the Defense Intelligence Agency, and many others. They have an incredible ability to look into very, very technical, very private, uh, you know, into, into all sorts of things that will help us to keep our nation safe, foreign threats, you know, terrorists, etc. But they were never designed, nor they never had the authority to look at a U.S. person. And they should never have that power and authority. That's the purpose for local law enforcement. It's the purpose for your local sheriffs, and on occasion, perhaps the FBI. But this president came to power, and with the support of Democrats in Congress, by the way, and they said remarkably, they said, you know what, the greatest threat facing our country is white supremacy. It's domestic terrorism. They call them DVEs, domestic violent extremists. And because they said this is such a great threat to our safety and the integrity of our republic, we're going to allow these agencies, the CIA and NSA and others, to look at U.S. persons. And every American should be not just troubled by that. Frankly, boy, they should be enraged by it. There is no way in the world that we should allow these agencies to be looking at U.S. persons. That, once again, is the purpose of law enforcement. And yet, just a year ago, we had a briefing with the director of national intelligence, not the director of the FBI, not director of federal marshals, director of national intelligence who used the National Counterterrorism Center to write a report on domestic violent extremists, they have no business doing it. And this legislation is designed to build a high and a severe fence around that to keep them, to push them back from being involved in what essentially is uh, or would be spying on Americans using these powerful tools that they have. 
Yeah, I, I think that's uh, such an important clarification. I appreciate you going back through kind of that history there uh, in terms of what should be done uh, through that national intelligence uh, agency and what needs to be done through FBI and, and local law enforcement, as, as you said, uh, because it's so easy to, again, that, that sweep is so swift and, and so fast uh, when it goes from targeting foreign actors uh, to suddenly they're spying on U.S. citizens. And so what exactly happens in the bill in terms of creating those walls and those barriers uh, to make sure there's space and that people are staying in their lanes, so to speak? Yeah, and, and it's very simple. That's one of the things I love about this bill is it's so simple. It goes back to some of the original legislation created after the Church Commission and back in the 1970s. And at the time, because everyone knew then, I mean, this wasn't a new problem. Everyone recognized, hey, we can't have these powerful agencies looking at this person. So they said, well, these agencies cannot collect intelligence on U.S. persons. But this administration says, yeah, you're right. We won't collect information, but... We can receive information. Well, what is the difference? Mm -hmm. How do you receive information that hasn't been collected? And so they've, they've tried to use this, you know, exquisite wordsmithing to redefine, well, okay, again, we won't collect, but we're going to receive information. And it just very, very clearly denotes that the only thing these agencies can be used for ever is counter-terrorist threats, counter-intelligence analysis not involving U.S. persons. And if they do collect information that would involve the U.S. person, as they do from time to time, they don't pursue it. They turn it immediately over to U.S. law enforcement. And if we do that, then, I, and then all of us are happy. I mean, we want these agencies to continue to protect Americans' interests. We want law enforcement to continue if there are spies operating in the U.S. or people who want to harm us, including if they are U.S. citizens. We want them to do their job. But there has to be that wall between them. And uh, an well, interesting thing about this too, Boyd, is this. I mean, the ACLU and, and other uh, progressive or liberal groups were strong advocates for this. I mean, that started back when the FBI and others were spying on uh, on, on civil rights activists, mm. uh, as you may remember, uh, including the, 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 you know, the, the top leadership of the civil rights movement. And, and yet many of these agencies like or organizations like the ACLU and our Democratic colleagues haven't been willing to support us in this. And it was because, honestly, they were like, hey, yeah, they're going, uh, you know, they're going after U.S. persons, but they're going after mostly Trump supporters. So I'm OK with that. And, and we've moved now beyond that to where, you know, as, as every year that, or every month goes by with uh, past the Trump presidency, even a lot of these guys are coming around saying, yeah, we're, we're with you. We think this is probably the right thing to do. And we expect to have broad bipartisan support for the bill now. Oh, that's uh, that's great. You get that bipartisan uh, support on something like this, because it, it really is. Uh, this is not something that is uh, liberal or conservative, Democratic, Republic or independent. Uh, everybody, one, everybody should be worried about it and have concerns about it. Uh, in terms of uh, you know staying in that space, if if suddenly these agencies are able to say, well, you you know you watched this video or you liked this person's post, and uh, you know the six degrees of connection to whoever, uh, that that can be a, a pretty slippery slope. But at the same time, of course, we we want to make sure we're we're watching out for bad guys and we are watching out for extremists. Uh, anything else yeah. w within this that helps us keep that balance? Well, I would just emphasize something that you've already said, and you said it in your introduction, that is when you give the federal government power, they always use it. And then they always want more. And we've seen in the last few years a, a very, I mean, a very concerning uh, reality among Americans. That is, 
there, there's been a broken faith among agencies that we need in order for a public to survive. I mean, no one knows what is true anymore. Everyone hears things. You go, well, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I really don't know. They sure don't trust the media. But who would have thought that the CDC was political or that the FBI or the Department of Justice? But we know that they were. They were used for political purposes. And that's one of the real, real important elements of this bill is it helps to set up so that the National Security Agency doesn't get pulled into this domestic disputes. They don't get pulled into politics. They shouldn't be held under suspicion by the American people. But the only way to stop them from being pulled into this is to, again, set up that line. So the people can continue to test the CIA or the National Security Agency or DIA, any one of them. Keep them out of out of these domestic disputes and they can maintain that trust. Pull them in and that trust will shatter in a very short time as we've already seen. That's such an important point. Uh, the trust, the, the ability of the American people to say, OK, I have confidence in that. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you is... Uh, in, in looking at all of this, uh, making sure people, these agencies are staying in their lanes, doing what they're tasked to do and not to, having that either mission creep or expansion of, of their power or influence. Uh, and at the same time, uh, we know there are so many instances where dots need to be connected. Uh, and even going back to something like 9-11 where there were a lot of dots that because they were so siloed, uh, dots didn't get connected. Is there a balance point there? How should we be thinking about it yeah. to do both of those things that you you mentioned, Representative Stewart, in terms of building that confidence, maintaining that trust uh, that the American people have to have and that ability to connect the dots? Yeah, and you're exactly right. And we saw that going back to 9-11, that the, the silos were built, the dots were not connected. And we took steps to, to change that. And I think, by and large, in a broadly successful way. And what I'm asking for is for that process, those processes to continue. It has worked. We, you know, we haven't had an, another example of 9-11 and pray that we don't. And there is a process to hand it off, as I said, when on occasion, say, the National Security Agency intercepts uh, a communications between, say, a foreign terrorist and someone who may be working here in the United States. That does happen. There is a process to hand that off to local law enforcement or to the FBI. But at that point, the NSA's responsibilities end and their authorities should end and they shouldn't be coordinating and collecting or to their word, receiving this intelligence, and they should be building databases on U.S. citizens. They should hand that off immediately to local law enforcement. Fantastic. Uh, great insight, uh, Representative Chris Stewart, uh, an important bipartisan effort uh, to make sure we keep that balance right and keep that uh, confidence and trust where it needs to be. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. A great perspective, and we look forward to seeing this uh, move through Congress. It's always an honor. Thank you so much, Blake. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, why looking at your life through comparison is always fatal vision. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, 
the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.